Hey, Jacob. How's it going? It's all right. How are you? I'm doing all right. How's your How's the lovely morning in in Calgary? Well, uh, it is uh, misty and gray and fall-like uh-huh. out there. Finally, the same so, the same as here. Finally, what what was it before? Well, it just uh, I don't know. You never know when the seasons are actually the seasons are actually going to catch up to you in in Calgary. They seem to there seem to only be like uh, this shoulder seasons in particular, spring and fall, are very quick. So right. it's it's nice, 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 and then suddenly like all the leaves are off the trees and it's ugly. Right. And then it very quickly slides into winter. There's yeah. no like beautiful fall days. It's like there's a couple. Admittedly, right. yesterday was one of them, but um, yeah, shoulder seasons especially. Uh, it feels like summer holds on, holds on, holds on, and then fall is around for like three days, and then right. it's winter. So, well, you know, I'll 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 take it while I can get it. While this isn't while this isn't snow or yeah, you know, not that I mind snow. I mean, snow is a reality. It drives me nuts when people are like, "Oh my God, it's snowing!" And I'm like, "Yeah, we live in Canada, man." <laughs> and um. And also, we've been through this before. It's that thing <laughs> I like I forget um, every year. Yeah, everybody forgets every year, and and you know what? And I don't I don't blame people because I I forget too. Like I'll go, oh yeah, right. But I I don't I don't I I don't drive, so maybe that helps. But um, yeah, you know what I mean. I just kind of go. This this did happen last year, um, but that happens too. I find I find too at certain moments in in the like my work cycle and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that there's a moment when I get to that I go, Oh my God, this. And then I'm like, I go through this all the time. I forget though, that this part of the year is particularly difficult or, you know, and and even if I try to see it coming and I try to prepare for it, get the, you know, proverbial new boots or whatever. Um, it's, it's still, it's still a difficult thing to get through. So, you know, on one hand I go, it drives me nuts. On the other hand I go, yeah, I totally get it. It's a it's a funny thing trying to to make it like because I think processes creation processes I thought I'm mm-hmm. like oh that's the same there's like the week after the improv and or the week of trying to recreate the thing that we created in a glorious improv and that all that week sucks like that week yeah. is terrible and it. Uh, you know, the work is terrible and everybody's unhappy and, you know, all the magic that we had had just last week seems lost. Um, and that just, and that happens and it's, it's hard, it's hard for anyone. I mean, it was one of my dramaturgical roles I feel like was to, to say, Hey guys, remember when this happened last time? Yeah, like that. That's actually one of the jobs because it's harder for the the choreographers and the performers to be like, "Oh, right, I do remember. I I also hated you all last time, and was angry in this way that I'm currently angry." And then we loved each other a week later because we learned the material enough that we could then start having it be new again. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, and as the as the leader now. Um, to try to bring that, well, I mean, that's what I mean as a, as a dramaturg, you brought that. And then as the, as the leader now, I have to, I have to remember those moments and go, this is going to be a particularly tough part. So what do we do? What do we do to keep people moving through it in a positive or even just constructive (laughs) way? Um, and that's, that's the, that's the interesting challenge, especially when I will sometimes forget myself. So I have to I have to be very self aware um, of where I'm at and try to think about how to reverse it or subvert it or whatever to um, to get through it and to actually lead other people through it. And it's an interesting do, yeah. moment. It is, and and do you think how much energy, maybe in an ideal world or or in a reality world, how much energy do you put between? Um, so trying to make it so that the hard times are less hard mm-hmm. or and or or whatever combination of and or um, 
trying to acknowledge that times are hard and we've just got to get through it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's the question of how much time do we spend surviving the conditions and even trying to succeed inside the conditions. And then how much time do we spend working to change those conditions or are those changeable conditions? Like, I don't think that that time after the improv phase, if you want to set the material, I don't think that time is particularly avoidable. There's yeah, but there's, I feel like there is, um, I don't know. Anyway, the, in, in my experience, there's a moment after you finish something where you go, you know what, next year mm -hmm. in my cycle now, or next time, yeah. um, next time, what I, what I learned from this time was that next time we should start this earlier. Um, we should, um, go back, go back on what the, you know, start by talking about what was working well mm -hmm. before we move into what wasn't working. Um, things like, like just strategies like that. Um, or if we wanted to change something, how would we change it? These are the ways that I'd change it next time. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is in the crush of events to actually remember to bring those notes forward or build mm -hmm. all those things. Um, and, and also the reality that, you know, you can make all the plans in the world, but the circumstances are going to be different. Yeah. So, you know, the structure of it, you can try to change parts of the structure of it. And then somebody gets sick and mixes a week or, you know, something, mm -hmm. <laughs> there has to be, a, um, there has to be a, a, a bit of leeway for a, a bit of flexibility, even in the new structure. So, I would prefer if some if something feels like it really doesn't serve that we try to change it, but there's remembering to change it, remembering why we wanted to change it, and then acknowledging that <laughs> for many circumstances that are kind of beyond our control, we may or may not be able to to make some all of the changes or some of the changes. Um, so that's for whatever it's worth, I feel like um, you always have the best knowledge of what's happened just after you finish it. And when you start, you forget all of that. Right. And so how to, how to bring, you know, not unlike I remember to wear my boots all last year and now I'm like, where are those boots? Um, you know, like, but I, I, I also can't keep them in right in front of the doorway the entire time to carry this metaphor further and further. <laughs> um, I can't trip over those boots between projects. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, how do I, um, how do I keep those learnings front of mind or remember to bring them out? Um, so that they can actually inform what's coming ahead. Yeah. I think, I mean, how many, and is there, is there a newer, better word? What do we call things that aren't postmortems? Um, since, you know, we're not dead yet. Post-mortem um, is kind of morbid. Uh, but is there, like, do you does ATP do those regularly? In some case, yeah. In a lot, in some cases, we do. Um, you know, when especially when we have projects that are in their pilot phase, but we right. should also do it on a regular basis. Um, and some teams do it in particular, right? At particular moments throughout the year. Um, but we don't we don't do it as formally as we used to when we had like a play a new play festival. Right, you would do it for the festival. We do it for the festival, um, but in terms of the season or you know we we make notes at the end of the budgeting cycle and stuff like that when there's projects like that or you know when there's been a really busy period where there's been a, a period of what feels like um, stress or or tension around something. Yeah, we'll take a note. And gather information after that, right? But it, it doesn't. It's not regularly scheduled. But when something has gone, when I feel that something has gone, been harder than it should have been, right? We take a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We take a moment and and have a conversation about it. So hmm. there's. It's triggered. It's triggered by. This doesn't feel good or smooth right now, or yeah. um, helpful for people. So what would make it more helpful? next year. And so the funny thing is we did all of this work because there was a, so the festival was very, um, 
human resources taxing. Right. It's taxing and all sorts of resources. But it was very resources resources heavy from on the staff, right? And um, then we took that away, and it was amazing how the absence of that made everyone feel a bit more productive. Hmm. And then what happened is we just found another moment of stress, right? which happened to be the first two, three weeks of the holiday, the holiday family show opening, because there was a lot of things to host in there and it was a really big show and it's supposed to sell a lot of tickets. And so then we just, we just sort of moved, we moved our stress moment to earlier in the year. Right. And we had a whole conversation about that. Um, we had a whole conversation about that and how to um, guard against burnout from certain members of the team because they have to be here hosting all the time and and how to try to keep everything uh, positive around sales and and uh, and really forward thinking about sales. We did all of that work. And um, interestingly enough, the because of the economic downturn here in Calgary, quite a few people, uh, quite a few companies that used to host corporate Christmas parties at that show right. have shifted their have shifted um, their support elsewhere, partially because they've laid off a whole bunch of staff. So it's hard to talk about the Christmas party. <laughs> right. Um, We're going to have yeah. a big party this year. Big Invite party. half of your friends that we laid off. That's our, yeah. <laughs> that's our so good the, news gesture. So, you know, the they... Uh, you know, they, they wanted to do everything for all people, but they, they've had to make some decisions. So we did all of this work to make sure it wasn't burning people out. And then, and now this year it's going to be, you know, actually relatively chill. Um, there'll be other things to worry about. Don't get me wrong, but, um, there always are, but other things to celebrate too, but it's, we did all this work and then something shifted. So, but that was still good. It was still good and valuable to do because now we have a few ideas about, when we see something coming up that looks like it's going to be stressful, everybody knows that um, they can they can suggest this kind of time rotation for their time at work and all that sort of stuff. So right. it, it it didn't hurt, even though we're not necessarily going to be employing it. Right. So there become some tools. I mean, I think there's a it's the like backpack problem that you're going to fill whatever backpack. Like, yeah. No matter how big the bag is that I have, I must work not to be like oh i'll just fill it because i can like because it's wasted book bag space if i don't um well or two or you're going away for two days you're going away for two months and you have the same bag you still fill it That's yeah exactly what it is yeah. yeah i feel like that there's certainly a sense of you know the the amount of work i mean especially in uh air quotes knowledge work right people who are not making widgets there's not a there's not the end of day widget um but that there is this like craziness of of yeah of of even though i know even though i know this is going to happen and i've left more space it it just magically feels like things take the amount of time that they take mm-hmm. um which leads poor coping people like me with with a certain kind of fatalism right i think the i have the one problem of you? my response Jacob, me? Really? Fatal- oh yeah shocking news you heard it here first folks um <laughs> um yeah which is like oh i i'll just do it last minute anyways because that's how it's gonna go right like which is is not helpful um but is you know, although although I have to say, and, and and I'll share it out and include it in this link, but just listening to a podcast um, with Reggie Watts. Do you know Reggie Watts? I know Reggie Watts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know uh, the podcast, but so man. so it's not it's not him. It's it's a podcast called uh, "You Made It Weird," um, which is Pete Holmes, who's a comic guy who mm. I think is famouser than I know. Um, but he he has these long interview conversations with largely comics, sometimes musicians, um, and largely about all the sort of weird stuff. So they talk about God and they talk about like drugs and love. Like they talk like everything that in a in a press junket would be like, Oh, you just made it weird, right? Hence the title. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, there's a the most recent one is a conversation with Reggie Watts, who's this amazing improviser, right? 
and improvised yeah. musician and comedian. And he talked, it's a, it's, um, I'm not done it, but it's, it's quite lovely for someone like me. I mean, Reggie Watts is significantly, I think, better at the thing that he does than, anyways, um, I'll, I'm, I'm not trying to compare myself to Reggie Watts. Um, I have a huge amount of, um, envy, I think is the word, uh, for his, <laughs> his musical talents, um, but he he talks about doing things fast, right? He's like, I'm an improviser. I like. He was talking about the trouble of recording an album, right? And he's like, I ha- it's a very specific kind of producer that I work with who is able to deal with the pace that I want. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to make the record in a week and have it come out a week later, right? Like, I'm just. It's like I just want that speed of. Mm-hmm. of work and, and certain kinds of preparation or certain kinds of delay don't aren't helpful. Um, and, and so that made me think that I should find a skill set like his that I can, I can do quickly instead of well, giant plays. But, but I think there is something and I'm, we're wandering a bit away from the, how do you plan? Although this becomes a question for me of how do I plan processes where there's a lot of either downtime or quiet time or conversational time and then the making happens very very quickly and that's not it's not a solution to solve for that 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 process right it's not a thing of like oh if only i could spread out the 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 work more evenly that would mean I would have not have this week where I felt completely panicked that the whole thing was going to blow up in an explosion. Uh, you know, I'm almost at the point where I kind of trust that there won't be, you know, a certain kind of explosion won't happen. Um, but it's a, it feels like a very complicated thing to try to plan for these um, unknowable sprints. But also recognizing yeah. that the the planning is, and I don't know if we've talked about it here. Like the that that planning is important, but plans are kind of stupid. Like the the process of doing the planning is super important. Um, the but the, the yeah, document the, the, the plan will never go. I mean, so it, we spent um, my the leadership team at ATP and I uh, um, and Vanessa, my my co CEO. We spent the whole day yesterday reviewing like year two of our strategic plan uh, at ATP. And um, it's something that we do. So we planned that we made the plan last like spring, summer 2015 mm-hmm. um, after uh, over a year of work, actually. And then the plan itself actually came together spring, summer at Coalesce or whatever. And then um, and then we've been working through it. And then, of course, circumstances have changed. Right. So it's one of those difficult things. And I had to psych myself up for it, right, was to, you know, and I and I like to think of myself as a pretty reasonable person who can take things, you know, take things as they come and I'm, I'm present and all that sort of stuff. But it, uh, I had to psych myself up to go back and look at that plan and see what we did or didn't do or what seemed like a pretty simple plan that it was suddenly like, oh, my, why? Like, why did we decide to put that many tactics under that thing? Jeez. <laughs> Um, and also what were we even thinking doing a three-year plan, man? We should have done a two-year plan. Like all of these, when you, when you go and look back at the plan, this is, this is to support your argument. Planning is important, but the plan itself, (laughs) um, when, when I went and looked back at it, I was like, oh, the spirit of that was this. And we, we did it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that this tactic worked, that one didn't, but to go back and look at the plan was, um, we had to, I mean, certainly I had to psych myself up. I think we all had to psych ourselves up for, you know, it's okay that it didn't happen exactly the way that looked because it couldn't have happened exactly the way that looked. Yeah. Um, and to not get too attached to the plan. But the planning happened for a reason and there was a goal in mind and we still have, we still have that goal. Other goals have arisen, but we still have, we still have that goal. So how do we want to actually try to, to work towards it? So yeah, it's interesting. And I, I feel like I wanted to ask, you know, so you're identifying some of the things about your process that you can't possibly plan for and that are maybe a bit uh, frustrating every time. What do you what do you feel are the strengths of your process? 
<laughs> and I'm I'm saying yeah. this because I feel like I feel like at a, at a certain point, like you and I are, you know, okay, I won't speak for you. Okay. I won't speak for you. Thanks. Um, I'm at a certain point where I know things about myself and my process, and I know that they frustrate me. And I assume, you know what? I assume, and sometimes I've received evidence that they frustrate other people. <laughs> um, but uh, they're mine, man. Yep. They are mine. And for whatever reason, it's worked. Um, sometimes it's a bit frustrating to have to explain. No, no, no. Uh, I need this. I need this much time to make this decision for a reason. Or I can't. I can't possibly turn that around in in a day. Um, or I do need to ask you all these questions. Or whatever it is. Um, that for whatever reason, it's it's who I am and it's worked. And there's. There's, uh, it's my, it's my process and I can, I'm always open to feedback and improvement, but at a certain point there's strengths, there's, there's some strengths have arisen from that. And I want to spend more time understanding for better or worse, understanding what some of those strengths are and articulating why I do things, um, rather than trying to course correct constantly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I certainly hear that and. I mean, my, my chortle at what works is that, um, you know, see aforementioned fatalism, but is that all, it, it takes a lot of effort to think about what's good in it. Um, because why is that? Um, I mean, you know, uh, I think I, I, you know, I, I have a temptation between abstracting it to like all human, like we, we see negative response mm -hmm. because that's learning and, um, we're not, and we're, you know, good Canadian, you know, I, I want to abstract it a bunch. I think it's also very possible to that, you know, that it's very human, like person by person has, we all have our own reasons for being neurotic. Um, yeah. But I think it's, I mean, I think even in the postmortem, right, that you talked about that we do it when there's a project that went poorly. Um, when some of the, you know, hanging out with the Danes, one of the things that they were being taught, they were using this uh, framework called Theory U, which is, I think, very popular in a certain, in a certain world right now. Um, so academic uh, Otto Sharma, who's at MIT, um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a useful and helpful framework, but anyways, they, one of the things that got talked about in that, in that program was that the, the tendency to either study our own failures or the average in the industry, mm. um, becomes really problematic. And that in fact, one should actually just look at the exemplars, mm -hmm. um, and then try to model from there, right? That if we're always trying to model the average, um, then we're going to continue to be average. Um, but that we don't, we don't have a postmortem when a project went really well. Mm -hmm. And to be like, hey, let's make a list of all the things that made that awesome. Like we, mm -hmm. we have a tendency to, to you know, and, and some of this can get into what makes me nervous of like Pollyannish, like it's not a problem. It's an opportunity. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that sort of coaching leadership racket space has this sort of like, no, every try to turn every problem into an opportunity. Um, yeah. Or, you know, just focus on the positives. And, and, and so, you know, the, the critical part of me wants to hold that, but I think that's just it. It's the critical and the dissatisfaction. And at some levels that, you know, the question of what, what works in my process is that I'm dissatisfied with my process and yeah. that I'm dissatisfied with everything. I mean, there's this line I think about a lot in the, in Galileo, in Brex Galileo about, um, you know, the, some, some government official is, is, is admonishing Galileo for, for not being happy with his uh, salary. And, 
and you know, oh, Mr. Galileo, you're always so you're always so dissatisfied. And the line, the line is something like, well, yes, exactly. And and if you were smart, that's exactly what you're paying me for is my dissatisfaction, um, because my dissatisfaction with the you know the model of the universe is what leads me to look for new models. And and I think there's something, I think there's something to that in makers. Like I think there can be a tendency in people who make things. Um, or at least, and for me, of like, I'm dissatisfied with all the available options. And so I want to make something. Um, so I think there are, you know, if I, if I'm, if I am trying to be positive, you know, I think my, there's an ability, there's the slow work to make connections. And so that once we're making fast choices, those fast choices are being made in a network of context Mm-hmm. Um, that is shared upon by the people in the room. Um, I think that's a strength of of the um, not even working style. So we do a bunch of research and a bunch of talking and a bunch of making making a world, um, or at least a conversation that we we share relationships to, and then we can make choices very quickly based on that. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's a strength. I think the, I mean, I, one of the things that I do that is both positive and negative, I think has like, is an opening up of a gap in front of the actor. Um, that is, so because I don't talk about stakes with characters, you know, what's the character stake? Um I think one of the things for better or for worse is that the actor's stake is a little bit that we're underprepared and that we want to entertain the audience. Um, and so the stakes become a bit more like an improv. Like, so the mix between the improvisational stakes and the stakes of, of the story or the thing that we're doing, the mix of those, I think ends up showing up as very human in performance. Like I think the thinking body, I mean, uh, yeah, if I were to get very, sort of the high philosophy stuff is what I think is interesting about the process is the way in which it produces a thinking body on stage mm-hmm. um, and a thinking body that is, um, is dynamically doing something that partially it's very skilled at, but partially it's, it's, it's working live a lot. Um, and I think one of the things that I don't love about, the sort of standard operating procedure of finish agree that play is script is production worthy move production into rehearsal um model is is that you're you're taking out i mean we talked last time around elements of surprise right i think the the process that i'm doing results in surprise um, for for everybody involved um, and I could, we could maybe remove, you know, some of it is like, oh, why don't we remove some of the surprise for us? Uh, and that's, and that feels like a, a thing where I'm not sure if that would make it better or worse, right? That I'm not, I'm not sure that having it all the beats down perfectly makes the live show better. Um, that the tightness and cleaning, I mean, this is why I like seeing shows in development. I like seeing the workshop. I, want to see the dance show um, when people barely remember what's going on or are making it up. Um, I want to see the reading in rehearsal. I want to see it before it's been cleaned. And so part of my process um, is a little bit of of removing that opportunity to clean um, and to take out the edges and to take to make sure all the joints join up properly. Um, I'm less interested in the joints joining up properly. And, and so, um, this process produces that result in a way that if I had the script done and like, I I don't quite know how else to produce it. That being said, I think there's lots of things that we could do better. And I listen to the, you know, at the moment working in this specific mode where I get to hear (laughs) the shows, Mm-hmm. Um, after and I can be like, oh, it'd be nicer if we were faster on those cues. Like, so it's finding the mix between, like, it would be nice if the cues picked up a bit in this section, 
and the transition was smoother. Um, but if I had been an outside director being really pushy about those, then the other magic parts that came from that actor improvising a line in the middle of the script or changing it because of something that had heard, happened earlier in the night, they wouldn't do that because they would be then following orders, right? So how do we make these things that are tight and interesting um, with, with that live sense of play on the stage? I don't quite know how to do that without... Um, in my current financial reality or, or social reality, um, to do that is in part to, to work quickly supports that, where it's a way that those things balance. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. it's very, it's hard and it's not as easy as knowing that I've got three weeks with people like, there's there's lots of frustrations that I think could be better in it, but I think that that whole that space for humanness, for surprise, um, for the performer having a high degree of agency, even over the language that they're saying, all of that matters more to me than the cleaning um, or even that that moment that I would like to fix as a as an outside craft director. And so it's been trying to find the mix of those. And, and Fun Palace is even a move towards that, that dedicated to the revolutions was a show that with when, when we moved on to, to Fun Palace, where I was curious about like, oh, what if we have sound effects that we're really reliant on, or we really do know we're coming in on this beat of the music? Um, how can we play this range between the, the human relaxed, um, uh, relaxed isn't quite the right word um appearing relaxed um performance mode and and the and a tightness of a virtuosity of performance and so i'm you know right. the actors that i work with are all very good and do voice work and have done these things and are often musicians and so we can work musically a bit and say like oh no just come in like yeah, we can we can work that faster, and people can make faster choices. But it it shifts who I work with. It shifts um, how we work. It means that everybody's reading their lines, <laughs> right? So that they don't because memorization is just this point in the theater rehearsal that yeah that I don't have enough time to get through, which is a very funny. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have enough money to spend on having people. Oh, uh, okay. Um, my headphones are doing a funny thing, but I think it's just them. Uh, yeah. So, so I, you know, I both like people. I like watching people read on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like the task of that. Um, and I don't have enough time to pay the people to memorize the lines to get past that phase right so back to the yeah. old story about we know that this happens that the stage at which we would the amount of time that it takes for text to become back into a sense of play is more than i have um and so my response to that instead of you know fighting for that time which didn't seem like a tenable thing is to either have things where the actors make up the words and so they're saying them and and we talk about language but we don't specifically talk about line by line um and or people read um a combination of reading and improvising and so that those have been strengths that have developed and i think are pretty inherent you know are things that i would develop because of you know my particular combination of personalities and desires and preferences, but you know, that, that are like radio and like a Kaylee, like, and just like a party, um, mm -hmm. those things suit. And so that fits fine, but it's not, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I often wish that it didn't take like, oh my God, I have rehearsal tomorrow and there better be words for people to say. Like, I wish that wasn't the required, <laughs> like that's not what my writing practice is. Um, but it's pretty close to my writing practice. And so I do work on that. 
you know, I think those to say that the, just because they're the way we work and this is my conflict, right? I don't, how much can I own? Hey, like listening to Reggie Watts was sort of amazing because of just how much he was owning the way that he makes work. Yeah. And obviously that's easier to do when, you know, you're, you're, uh, he's doing better than I am, uh, financially and in popular success. Uh, (laughs) let's, let's understate for a moment. Um, but the amount that he just owned, like, I'm a child and, like, I need assistants who are really good at, and I'm setting up things so that I can, you know, just record when I have an idea, you know, like, his his ownership of his own self. Um, and that's something that I don't, I'm envious of and sort of work towards in my own life, right? That I, that I think I'm very... I'm critical and I'm, that includes myself. And so that your sort of thing of like, what is, what is me and what is something that I should be working on (laughs) Mm -hmm. is, I don't know how to, I, you know, I know moments of parsing that, but being able to really tell them apart, I think is that's, that might be the work. I mean that like the work of of being human but um yeah I mean I catch myself so I know about myself that I sometimes need a bit of time with a decision mm-hmm. and um and that's been you know in in that in in like personality testing or whatever right. they do when you are in these management situations yep um that everyone wants to give you a personality test um that's been confirmed, right? I need a bit of time with decisions. I can make a decision quickly if I need to, but if I have my druthers, I'll take a little bit of time. And um, I'm self-aware enough to know when I'm just taking time with a decision and when I'm just you know, avoiding it. Right. You know, or avoiding doing something. And that's for me to work on. Um, but it's interesting. You know, I was thinking as you were speaking uh, about... Um, the sort of the sort of state of being that the performers in in mm. a small wooden shoe show are in, um, and uh, and that there's that that sense of um, openness, uh, you know, a, a, ma- a map, but not a or or a destination, but not a, a not a firm sort of map necessarily. Yep. Um, and it's interesting, and I don't. It's not. It's not necessarily the exact same. And admittedly, I've heard it a lot, but I haven't actually spent a lot of time in a room like at the, you know, and I'm I'm headed towards One Yellow Rabbit, um, because I haven't been. I haven't done their lab, which many people across the country have, but I, I am aware, very aware of the concept that that sort that Blake Berker talks about, and that I think they all talk about, which is the common organized presence. Hmm. And that that the calm and organized, calm and organized, right. I think, is the yeah. words that that he uses. And if I'm wrong, um, uh, Blake, please get in touch with me. Uh, I'll revise. We'll do a, a, an editor's note on this. Um, but uh, I do believe that's it. And what's what I've always found interesting about that is organized is an interesting thing to think about in the arts or in a performance. But that's basically what it is. It's like I have a sense of where everything is. I have a level of confidence about um, about what I'm doing, um, and you can be organized, but that doesn't mean you you have organized doesn't necessarily mean that everything is set out for you. Mm-hmm. It's however you've organized for yourself what you're meant to be doing, in a way, and I and and also that you're you're calmly confident that you've got that the things are there. Yep. Um, for you to access or for you to, to move towards or whatever. And I, I find that really, I, I'm, I like contemplating that because it doesn't, I think common organized means, it doesn't mean that someone's organized it for you. It's that you've organized it. Right. And there's an ownership of that, that I find. And also the concept of being calm, like knowing that it's there, not panicking that it's not there, like just having a real sense of, of no, I've I've got I've got this organized. Um, it may my 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 desk may my you know performance desk may not look like other people's performance desk, but I know what's there on it, and I, I just find that really interesting. At least that's the way that I interpret mm-hmm. it. And I, and I I'm trying to think about that 
a bit more in terms of, uh, you know, walking into my day. Yeah. The thing, the thing that's really difficult for me is when I don't know what's happened. Like, I feel like uh, things are hurtling so quickly right now that I mm. don't have a handle on what's coming right? or what, what, um, what may, what I may need to do in the future, what I may need to do from moment to moment. And so rather than feel like I need to get a handle on it, I feel like I just need to be calm and organized about my, you know, faculties. Right. <laughs> and, if, um, yeah, so that's kind of, I've been thinking about that a little bit and just listening to you talk about, you know, um, creating a, a state of, a state of being, which is about making a leap, um, that the, the gap, that the gap is there and that it's to be met is, uh, I'm just thinking about creating circumstances as opposed to making plans. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that world of creating conditions, which is my sort of language for it at the moment, like how do we create the conditions in which I don't yeah. know, I can't, I mean, and this is, you know, the Buddhists have much older ways of talking about this. Um, but that I, I can't know what the future is, but, and I can't even, I can create the conditions in which something is more likely to emerge. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't pursue happiness, but I can create the conditions in which happiness is more likely to emerge. Mm. Um, I can, I can't guarantee, I don't want to know exactly the way in which Chris Stanton is going to be funny night of, but I can create the conditions in which he feels comfortable enough, uh, calm and organized enough um, with a little bit of, panic i mean i think the the common organized is in order to meet the panic of yeah. the audience right yeah. now i'm common organized think, and I, now i heart i i and i will say heart i don't think that i don't think that the that i don't think that that the 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 way that blake talks about that um doesn't also acknowledge the um uh you know in intensity of what one is about to do yeah but it is about being prepared to meet it yeah and so those things you know and that Yes, for for myself, and you know, and and arguably and questionably, am I better at it for providing the conditions for other people than I am for myself? And you know, these are these are also the questions and the work. But I can work to create the conditions in which something something unexpected and roughly towards these goals will happen, or like towards these values will happen. Um, and I, and I can adjust those conditions as required because I'm going to set up a conditions and then a whole bunch of new people are going to come in and they bring their conditions. And if my conditions are hard, then, you know, we're going to have problems. I mean, I think this is, so this is becomes a, a way of planning of being like, this is how we will attend to making the conditions for a thing to happen. And I think that. That is, uh, to me, seems like a reasonable amount of organization, right? That that's, that's not the, I'm going to do this and it's going to happen exactly the way I planned. And the outcomes are, you know, even just going to be success or failure tests on the hypothesis that I set out. It's mm -hmm. more likely that I'm going to get midway through the thing and realize that my hypothesis was crazy and I should move on. Um. And and it's true. I think in the arts we have a tendency. And I was saying this. I was working with um, a company, a group of folk yesterday, and talking about. We were talking about how good they were. They're small, you know, basically volunteer-run organization. How good they were at dealing with crises. I mean, and the joke was like one of them picked up a catering shift between the time that she had left the house and the time of this meeting and like, I mean, whatever, they're all dancers. So they're much the same size. Some of them, like they could just switch pants and it became this funny metaphor of like, Oh, right. Most organizations, like that's not how they solve a problem. Like right. the problem of, Oh, I don't have my pants for 
my catering shift later is solved either by like I'm going to run home because I need my pants, my pants are a thing, and so that's against plan, and aren't I a jerk for forgetting them? Or I go out on Queen Street and I buy a new pair of pants to you know, mm-hmm. but they were like, hey, let's we'll just trade pants. I'm wearing black pants, um, and it was like, the, and I think their success has been a series of doing that, right? A series yeah. of like, here's a problem, here's a solution to that. That's like cheap and based on camaraderie and and mm-hmm. support for each other um and that's amazing um and then it has trouble dealing with organizing large projects because that's a hard way to organize large projects of people that you don't know so well right that relies yeah. on feeling okay switching pants with someone um yeah. And that's important. And I and I think there's one way in which the arts are encouraged to like don't work with anyone you would trade pants with. Like that's that's a sign of unprofessionalism. You should only you should only work with people you don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're taking metaphors all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, so they need to, and I need to. You know, I think the small the organizations that have been or and organizations of humans, and that's all I mean. I don't mean the the letters patent um, that the group of people who are very good at the emergent processes can underplay the planning and the construction and the organized parts of those processes and vice versa, right? People who care a lot about um, certain, you know, a, a, a very narrow frame of accountability and being able to say, whose fault something was or even better that how it was nobody's fault. Um, Those organized systems that allow people to do that make it very hard for things to emerge because Mm -hmm. emergence is potentially a faultful activity. Um, And so that finding that balance of, and I'm just, as an individual, I'm terrible at it. And that's part of, I think, what keeps me in theater um, and keeps me doing group work is that I'm actually, actually horrible at it alone. And so if I'm in rehearsal, then I'm like, oh, I guess we have to, like, I have to show up. Like, that's the, the conditions for me to succeed, you know, are more often being in the room. And I know that, mm-hmm. um, you know, standing up when I work better. Uh you know, going for walks, drinking, you know, we know, I know the things, whether I do them or not, that would create the better conditions for my being a human in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and need to work on those. And that also feels true in, in processes. I mean, I, we show up, we show up as ourselves and have to sort of deal with that in relationship with other people. And that's the, that's the rub. Um, yeah, just just trying to set those. Yeah, I would be. Even even you know even us just ooh, that we can regularly schedule right. It's all this stuff that I have resistance to because it you know threatens to make me a normal, and I was raised to think that there's nothing worse than being a normal um, in the world. Um, because, yeah, I mean, but you know, realistically, uh, you know, now this is where we're going to get a little meta everybody, um, (laughs) us booking, uh, us booking, us booking every two weeks of time on the Saturday to talk. Um, not a lot of organization. (laughs) What? It's not a pretty low level, exceptional amount of organization. Um, but even so it's like, I don't know, we're, we're, we're booking, um, uh, this is the way that I view it. Every every two every two weeks on a Saturday, um, I get to unpack and explore something, which is going to be valuable for me to do. Um, I, I, you know, I'm recording a podcast. It's you know, it's it's not it, to me. It's like um, we are. I mean, you record more podcasts than I do. Um, so, uh, but it's it's. Uh, for this structure that exists in so much as every, every second Saturday is a structure. Um, you know, uh, we don't, sometimes we talk about what we're going to talk about and sometimes it, it emerges. And so I feel like within that there's, um, 
there's something that feels um, sort of free and uh, and 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 open, even if even within that even within that structure. And I don't ever worry about. I also don't ever worry that. Although this morning I will say, um, I'm super tired, and I've you know it's been very busy at work, and I thought I don't know if I'm going to have anything to say. I really don't. But that's not. I mean, of course that's not true. Um, but there's something about. There was something about getting up and feeling motivated to get up and talk today and record the podcast that that felt made me feel um, motivated in a mm. way that if we wouldn't have had it, I would have easily gone. I don't know if I can talk today, Jacob, but the yeah. I don't know if I can talk. Um, but the but yeah, the 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 process of showing up. Um, and that this, even this mild amount of structure, um, is, is valuable because it, it, it also doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like too much structure. There's a, there's an interesting balance struck there for whatever that means. Yeah. And and the same, I mean, I, uh, it's, it's a little after waking up time, but not, not every day, but most days, um, our, our call, but yeah, I had the same moment of like, Oh, early. I would, yeah, I know you're, you're, you're doing the, the morning <laughs> labor. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's right that, that, that trying to figure out what are those obligations and, and that it is easier for me to be like, no, I'm not going to text Vicky and be like, Hey, what about later? Or, you know, like I'm going to treat this as a thing that isn't movable and and trust that a topic will emerge and you know even we we talked about one a minute before we hit the record button and and we're probably not going to talk about that this week because we're approaching a reasonable amount of time and and, and it hasn't come up some, we got onto something we got onto something and, and so this that's is what we needed to talk about this week yeah and so that's great and i'm down with that you know and then and then if every once in a while we have a like and we're gonna go through the canada council thing um, or, you know, then, yeah, I think those things are helpful. I think the, I'm very responsive conceptually to, uh, the idea that like inspiration only shows up when you're at work. Right. So, you know, I'm not mm. going to get inspired unless I'm not going to get inspired for writing unless my hands, unless I'm at a keyboard. That inspiration shows up uh, somewhat unknowably, but if if I'm in the same place every day, it might know where to find me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that if I if my keys if you know if the keys are making the clicking noises, um, then I'm working, mm-hmm. and or if I'm writing in a notebook, and some of this is like I have to switch to a notebook and be like, okay, now I'm just going to work, and I'm going to start doodling in my sketchbook. And then that's going to start something happening, um, and almost in a in a you know I'm trying to figure out what is the world in which like okay I wake up at X I do a little bit of exercise you know what is the pattern that means that I've got three hours in front of making a day and right. and for the making for the making inspiration to know like, Oh, between 10 and one Jacobs at, at the desk. So I'll show up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then I have some way to capture the random idea and know that at 10 o'clock tomorrow, I'll look at it again. Right. That, that even if that's the feedback moment of, I can be in the middle of a horrible day and be like, um, remember pre Christmas holiday show to check that printer has enough ink November 1st. (laughs) Right. Uh, And, and some way to capture that because the next time that that's a problem will be October will be December next year. And unless you capture it in December and be like, this is a thing that needs to be a reminder for me in mid October um, of next year. You know, find the ways to capture out of time stuff, mm-hmm. but that that 
the structure for, okay, if we are actually in this room talking, it will, something will happen. Or if I'm typing, something will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, all of which is an individual discipline, which I am uh, very envious of. I mean, as much as we can talk about trying to own my, my mode um, I can own its emergencesness, but I can also be like, it might have emerged faster into different places <laughs> mm. or be more, more what I wanted even, right. Than if, if I could also combine it with X amount of organization. Mm-hmm. Um, um, sorry, there's some odd music happening on the street. Um, so yeah, that feels like that's that struggle and that amount of process I think is also I think we there tends to be such extremes on this and I'm curious about the back and forth, right? That either there's processes that are you know, I know that on, you know, Friday of week 2 we are going to run acts 1 and 2 and then the next Monday like that's a very sane thing to do and very helpful really in a rehearsal plan um, to have rehearsal plans at all. Uh, very helpful. And yet I'm also resistant to them because I'm like, eh, no, nah, I don't know what's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. I'll deal with the world. And I think that balance and especially trying to articulate that because I think that the emergent space is much talked about being desired and, and those conditions are rarely in existence. Very rarely. Yeah. Um, and especially are very rarely in existence if I'm asking people for money, right? Like, so if I'm asking, um, this is, gets into a whole nother thing, but like it's, it makes people want that five-year plan and they want you to have clear outcomes at the end of that five-year plan. And if you don't say the clear outcomes at the end of the five-year plan. And if you just say like, yeah, things will happen. Like the one thing we're sure is that stuff will happen. And these are the approaches we'll take to doing it. That's, that's less good than if you're like, by then we will have X number of more subscribers, X number of more impressions on our website. X Like I can make up numbers, but I'm Mm -hmm. lying. Um, And so, What's that space between planning and lying? <laughs> lying about my like knowledge of the future. Cause I don't have much of it. And yet like, that's also crazy. Cause I, you know, I'm also trying to plan for 2019. Like I'm doing both of the, I'm both like, I don't know what the rest of my day looks like. And, um, summer 2019 is potentially really busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. we're we're in this weird world, you know, between like, oh no, I'm I have to think about how many people are gonna come see a show in a field in twenty nineteen and I have to deal with how I'm gonna write the grant for that project. You know, those those things are all happening at the same time and I think that's that's a chal- that's part of the challenge of these of making in this space and, and planning. Yeah. And that it's easier. I mean, what's, are you ATP? Are you a year out? Are you two years out? What's your planning profile? We'll end on these, on this question of like, like, so I know theaters in Toronto that are basically, if you're talking to them, you need to be three years out to be talking Um, about significant rental, significant time in their space. Uh, it's interesting because I think like there was a time very recently when in Alberta and certainly at ATP where, you know, people talk about five years and now people are talking about three and actually we're talking about now it feels like less. Mm. And part of that's because the environment has shifted, right? Yeah. It's about the, um, the, you know, what, what happens, what happens during the particular economic downturn Mm-hmm. And how that affects, you know, any plans you can make. Uh, and and rea- mm-hmm. realistically, you know, we've been saying that to funders and to everyone, like, well, I'd love to tell you what we're going to do in three years, but uh, we've got to deal with what's happening now. And um, and I think that, uh, yeah, like right now, I feel like we're in two years, but right. we're also thinking 10 years. Right. Because 
it's again, it's that balance because uh, whatever happens in the next two years is going to affect how the company proceeds to 10 years or five years or whatever. Right. And we were recently sort of thinking three years to five years because we're in a landmark, right? We're at, right. we're at a milestone. We're at 45, which is really just the road to 50 Yeah. in many ways. So we were thinking about that, but then the environment shifted. So what does, you know, what 50 looked, what 50 may have looked like for us a year and a half, two years ago, it doesn't look like that anymore. It looks different. Right. So, you know, that, that's part of the, the difficulty is, um, that mm, a lot of places outside of our sector are thinking in two-year plans, hmm. but um, we're still we're we're always a little bit behind in that in some ways. Um, and is that true, art like uh, artistically in terms of knowing knowing programming? Yeah, we're lo- we're looking two years out. Yeah, yeah, we're looking two years out. Yeah. We were going to look three to five years out, but now we're looking to right. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky. I mean that in in programming, right? How do we leave space? How do we make space so that long term projects can happen, and leave space so that we can be responsive, right? Those mm-hmm. those two priorities um, come into you know some appearance of conflict, whether how much that's true or not, but the but they are they seem oppositional in a way that mm-hmm. that we tend to be better at one or the other maybe um maybe maybe this is this is this is a place to end although i yeah yeah, mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> i don't yeah. know what that was i mean yeah i i think it's uh Yeah, like even just thinking, you know, as I sit here, I think about what I'm going to do the minute we uh, sign off. And then I'm thinking about what I have to do two hours from now. And I'm also thinking about what I have to do this month. <laughs> right. And, these and, are... and I have like, I have I have documents around me that are about something that's happening in November. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is Saturday. Yeah. Um, and. And I, I'm not even, and these aren't even ATP related things. Like this is my life. <laughs> this is just my life. Um, so yeah, that, that convergence, that convergence of like, um, the desire to, the desire and the great value of being in the present mm-hmm. with this sort of constant need to be, um, looking ahead is, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think we're going to solve it today. To Damn it. I'm sorry. It's what I look to all my podcasts. I'm just waiting for them to solve that one problem, and I can yeah. move on from my forty well, podcasts a week habit. Maybe, maybe next, maybe two weeks from now on Saturday, yeah. we'll solve. Finally, we'll solve Jacob. it. That that's our plan. Um, all right. Uh, um, I want to. I totally without talking about it. I want to to introduce a way to end that I don't even know if it's true, but but of of setting. Would it be useful? It might be useful for me. We're just doing this live on the air. Uh, it's not live. Uh, to like what? What in the next two weeks are you working on in a big idea way that you can report back to us in two weeks on? And then I'll do the same. I don't have anything planned either. Hmm. Pause. Well, yeah. I am actually doing a remarkable amount of freelance dramaturgy right now, uh-huh. especially given that I'm executive director of a mid-sized theater company <laughs> uh-huh. and, and try to have an active social life. Um, uh, yes. so I'm doing quite a bit of freelance dramaturgy and there's a weird convergence of all of the projects at once. Uh-huh. And, um, that's great, but it's also a bit about, ooh, where do I find, where do I open up the time? to um really be with those scripts and those writers mm-hmm. um because that's going to have to happen over the next couple of weeks in the midst of also um doing a bunch of uh grant reporting and budgeting at ATP right um so i think 
the balance of of that calm organized presence <laughs> mm-hmm. and the and the the uh, just how much time just how just how much each each piece um uh deserves in terms of co- uh, the cost of my time you know like or yeah. my my mind um which is a, a lot and how i'm going to be how i'm going to be able to actually make sure there's enough in the enough to cover it right um that's you? good um me i have um it is this thing of how do we do how do i work on how can i make a structure for myself i have two weeks that don't have a lot of hard calendar points um especially uh-huh. of delivery stuff you know i have things i have to be at but not necessarily things i have to perform for um but so it it's the challenge of how do we but there's some stuff that i need to write and perform and do so it is it is this can there be what does working alone look like mm-hmm. um which may include not working alone but that that's the that feels like the the work of the next 2 weeks is just that there's some typing and creating that has to be done um and not necessarily a structure for it to happen inside of. So mm. working, working towards that. And then, and then there is a, there's a, there's a bit of a performance at, at the tail end of it, um, of the two weeks, um, having a little salon E thing at my house, but, um, having some people over and doing a little thing for them. Uh, and so those, those are sort of the things and, and being able to both write, I mean, this has been the challenge the past two weeks, too, of, of switching between sort of creator mode on projects right. and explainer mode in terms of grant writing. So yeah, when those things are happening roughly at the same time, the project design and the grant writing, um, because new chapters is coming up. Yep. Um, okay, well, we will report back on how those things went. Um, wish us luck wish us luck alright bye Vicky bye Jacob <laughs> <laughs>